Welcome to this BJSF podcast. I'm with Peter O'Sullivan and he's a professor at uh, Curtin University in Perth in Australia. He runs a successful private practice there called Body Logic. He's a keynote speaker all around the world on the topic of back pain and you can hear his thoughts on another BJSM podcast which is about back pain. But he's been doing some homework for BJSM and he's listening, he has listened to Ray Moynihan's podcast on overdiagnosis and overtreatment. And my question to Peter and the sort of theme for this podcast is, is the issue of overdiagnosis relevant in sports medicine, physiotherapy, and specifically in back pain? Yeah, well, I, I love that podcast, um, Karen. I thought some, um, you know, very interesting uh, perspective on the health system of how we can massively create a health problem by over-investigating and, and over-pathologizing a problem that should not be pathologized. So I was listening to some of the stories around, say, osteoporosis, and, and there's so many parallel, parallels to the back. And I think the interesting thing with the back is that in the you know, last couple of decades, we've had this massive increase in MRI scanning for backs. And while MRI scans are a wonderful tool, uh, and don't get me wrong there, for identifying pathology, in the one to two percent of people with back pain the great risk is that we create a monstrous problem of over pathologizing the rest of them because the the great dilemma with mri scanning backs is that the data shows us that most of us have got degenerate discs a high proportion of us up to 90 percent have got degenerate discs around 50 percent have got or 40 to 30 to 40 percent have got uh, annular tears disc bulges, even protrusions, facet joint arthrosis, spurs, and this is the ones without pain. So if you do population studies of people without pain, it is so, these findings are so prevalent. So then how do you apportion blame to someone who comes in with back pain and then they get an MRI scan to what you find in a scan? And of course the danger there is uh, we blame the pain on what's shown on the scan where the chances are that pre-existed the pain and we see many examples of people who come in and said look i can think of one case uh, straight away it was a, a young lawyer who came in highly distressed and she tripped over and developed pain and a dad dad had uh, gone and pushed her to get an mri scan and it showed these two you know, highly degenerate discs she'd never had significant pain before this time and my question is to her do you Wow, that's terrible that you degenerated those discs when you fell over. You know, do you honestly think that's what happened when you fell? And there was this moment of her thinking, well, that's crazy. Of course I didn't. And so I think as clinicians, we've got this real quandary because we're presented with a scan and then a clinical presentation of someone with pain. And how do we separate them so we can identify the 1% to 2% without creating a monstrous problem with the rest of them? And I think that's become a big issue that we've faced is that there's this default situation where we've almost lost our clinical confidence with examining back. So we rely on, on scanning to make that decision-making process for us. And that we know can create problems. If we know from the studies that have looked at scanning back pain for minor sprains and strains, the prognosis is worse. So it's a nocebo effect. It will have a negative health benefit the long-term benefits in terms of general health, um, uh, disability levels, chance of having surgery, time off work are worse if you scan those backs. So let's be really clear on that because you've done this work and you've read it carefully. 
actually having a scan makes you more likely to have worse pain moving forward? Well, it's probably what you take from the scan. Now, of course, there's no danger in the scan, but it's what the message you're given. And I think I mentioned earlier, there's a lovely study that um, uh, provided, uh, randomized, uh, uh, McCulloch was a study published in radiology in 2012, where they um, put epidemiological information in one group of scans and not in the other group of scans. And it just clearly said, look, these problems are really common in the pain-free population. So interpret your scan with caution. Uh, because they may not relate relate to your problem. And just putting that information in the scan reduced the need for, or the, the, the amount of, no, uh, the opioid prescription rates for these people with back pain. So I think what it highlights is the scan itself is not dangerous. Uh, but the message that goes for the scan is potentially really dangerous. And what we're seeing in Australia now is that there's huge amount of information that radiologists are putting in these scans. And we've got... Um, uh, consumers who can Google those terms. So these these words, if they don't understand them, they'll go to the computer and they go, "What's an, what's an annular tear? What's a prolapse? What's a protrusion? What's a fissure? What's a degenerate disc?" And then, of course, you open a Pandora's box because you Google those terms, and there's a lot of catastrophic stuff on the internet that then morphs into this bigger than Ben Hur problem. Yeah, interesting combination of technology advances with the imaging and Google. Yes. Um, and so really, it's the interpretation of imaging that's uh, part of the problem here. And it's hard for junior clinicians to make that interpretation and say physios may not feel well trained in interpreting MRIs. So what's your advice? Well, look, my advice is this. If you've got someone with a significant trauma you, and they're in a lot of pain, you've got to get them scanned. I mean, they may have a fracture. If you've got someone with um, raging radiculopathy and they've got a dropped foot, you need to get them scanned. Uh, if you've got someone with quarter signs, you get them scanned. But if you've got someone like you know, a, a person who comes in who bends over and hurts their back and they're in a lot of pain, they've got no signs of, of neurological deficit, you don't need to scan them. Uh, that's a simple sprain of a back that can be really painful, quite distressing, but it doesn't mean you've damaged your back. Uh, you might have strained the tissue and it's highly sensitized and it's created a whole inflammatory cascade around that area, but it doesn't mean you need to be scanned. I tend to take the view on scans that if you've got a scan, I'll, I'll look at your scan and create a good story for you. So if you've got back pain uh, and you've got a scan and it shows you've got a degenerate disc and manual fissures and disc bulges, then I'll say, do you know how many people are walking around with these findings? Do you know how many high-level athletes are representing Australia and other countries in the world who've got exactly this and they're loading their backs and using it every day. And that comes as a huge surprise to, to patients. So you can turn the scan into a good story. Um, I think in the other scenario, if there's nothing on the scan, you go, well, look, the great thing about this is that your structure looks really healthy and what we're going to focus on are the other modifiable factors of what you're doing with your structure and what you're thinking about it and all the other lifestyle um, factors that come into it. So either way, I think you can turn a good story into it. Um, that's not to say that there's never a correlation between what you see on a scan, but I think the important thing here is you may have a degenerate disc and it may be sensitized. But having a degenerate disc is not, is not strongly predictive of future pain and disability. 
what we can do is then control the factors around that disc. You know, your lifestyle, how much are you sitting at work? Are you moving? You know, are you getting up and getting active? Are you having healthy lifestyles and regular physical activity? Are you stretching and moving normally? Are you getting enough sleep? You know, those are the things that can impact on whether that disc stays sensitized or whether it, you know, becomes relatively pain-free again. And we touched on that in more detail on the first podcast. So if folks haven't listened to that one yet, they can hear more about that approach to managing back pain on that podcast. So sticking with the imaging and uh, diagnosis, and clearly doctors um, are going to defer to the radiologists a fair bit as well. Do you think there's some advice we should give radiologists? You know, I would love to have it mandatory that all radiologists put epidemiological data on their scans. It costs nothing. It's a piece of paper. And it could have a huge cost savings in terms of the health system. And I think what it does, it, it alerts the GP and the patient and the physio or the chiro or whoever, they, whoever that person's seeing when they open up the scan results and they're confronted with epidemiological data. Because what we see was when we educate medicos, um, uh, you know, GPs, physiotherapists and other healthcare practitioners, they're often surprised when you present them with that epidemiological data because they, they're not aware of it. And to be specific about the epidemiological data, just give an example of the sort of ones in your yeah. field that you would like to have included. Yeah, so the, the just as I indicated before in this um, McCulloch paper, they described, you know, if you look at a, a population of people without back pain, that uh, disc degeneration is up to 90%. Um, fa uh, facet joint arthrosis is really high. It's up and around 50%. The older you get, the more likely it is. Uh, fissures around 38% of the population. 32%, I think, for protrusions and around 40% for disc bulges. That's the normal population. Now, if that's the normal population and they're running around doing whatever they're doing without a worry, what are we worrying about it for? And Peter, you can help me if there's some a personal question here. I'm just curious. You know, the sudden standing back pain you get sometimes when you bend over or do something and you think it's sort of disky in your head. Yeah. I mean, what structure do you, but you get better with the sort of things you've talked about. Um, what structure do you think is causing that pain? Who knows? Um, to me, this, the disc is the main load-bearing structure of the back, so it's logical that um, if you bend and, you know, suddenly move or you bend or you've been, you know, not moving for a period of time and you suddenly move, you twist your back, it could well be that you sensitize some of that peripheral annulus you know, the innovative structures, um, muscles then spasm, that in itself can create a, you know, a, a situation, or it could be that you're, you know, put it spraining a facet joint and surrounding ligaments. Um, at the end of the day, I don't think it really matters what the structure is, what matters, what you think about it and how you manage it. So um, thanks for popping into the uh, BJSM studio in Aspatar today. You can read more of Peter O'Sullivan's uh, work over the entire web, of course. You can follow BJSM on Twitter for updates about who our guests are and other links to sports medicine and physiotherapy news. Thanks for listening to this BJSM podcast.